Hey East Meets West listeners, in this week's episode, Albert and I look into the claims that the global IPO market is starting to heat up after the lowest levels of activity since 2016. While every region is down on number and value of IPOs in 2023, Asia has actually been the most resilient with 223 deals for the first quarter. We take a look at some of the macro trends and market news to unpack where the IPO market is heading this year. Keep listening and enjoy. Welcome to the East Meets West podcast, a podcast about understanding Asia tech and how Asia tech affects the world. My name is Dan. Joining me as always, Albert, how are you doing? Good, Dan. I'm going really well. You know, I've had a pretty busy week, but you know, it's uh, Sunday here. How are you? I'm doing well. Uh, I've just, I've also had a pretty busy week, um, but had a relaxing day yesterday. Got to check out uh, the Indonesian Open, which is a, a badminton tournament, oh. uh, which was one of one of the things I wanted to check off my list. Uh, you know, Albert, I did want to check out some badminton while I'm here, so it's it's been good. It's been fun. How was it? It was really interestingly organized. Like you can't really figure out what time a player is going to play. You kind of have like an all-day ticket. You rock up, and then the games just sort of run sequentially one after the other. Uh, so I ended up catching the semifinals of. Women's singles, women's doubles, and some of the men's doubles. But then I had to jet off to do some work, unfortunately. So I missed the the men's singles. Yep, yep. Okay, Albert. So this week's episode, you wanted to chat a little bit about the IPO market in 2023, which is, uh, you know, short summary, it's pretty soft. But what got you interested in, in just doing a bit of shallow dive into it this week? Yeah, soft is a bit of an understatement. In 2021, there was about 260 companies that went public in the US. 2022, there were 17 companies that went public in the US, so crazy drop. And then year to date so far, about halfway through the year, um, there's only been about eight companies that have come from the US. And and this data has come from uh, Goldie. So shout out to Goldie's for doing this. Uh, It's Golden Sachs. But we're talking about the IPO market because the fast food restaurant chain, Carver, not Canva, Carver, went public this week um, and they, they IPO'd at $22 a share and they're now trading at about $38 a share. So a pretty significant bump for a business in a market that has been relatively downturned. But I think this frenzy and this share price increase has been uh, a good indicator of people looking for new companies to invest uh, into in the public markets. Yeah, so let's just sit with that for a second, Albert. So for people unfamiliar, IPO companies are going public, uh, putting up essentially their shares available uh, for people to come in and buy. What you're talking about there is, you know, they've got an IPO price, which was their initial sort of valuation, what they're expecting to sell at or hoping to sell at um, to institutional investors and others. And then what you're saying is that there's been enough interest in it that it's actually boosted up the price, you know, significantly above what was initially expected. And the extrapolation of that is uh, people are thinking, okay, investors are now ready for a more bullish IPO market. So if I'm another company, say I am Canva, uh, maybe I should IPO because now's a good timing for me to get you know, ahead of my actual valuation as the market's just a little bit keen on investing. Is that sort of a, a good way to summarize? 
Yeah, that, that's a great summary. And I think we do have a simple sprout from back in the day of, of what an IPO is. So if anyone wants to check that out, definitely worth checking out. I think it's probably worth specifically talking about what Carver is. And then we could probably put pivot into like a broad discussion as like, has this IPO now unlocked more IPOs? Uh, given that there's kind of a list of um, pretty big private companies who people are speculating that they will IPO. So, uh, you know, I'm just reading this verbatim from Carver's S1, but Carver is the category-defining Mediterranean fast food restaurant brand uh, bringing together healthy and tasty food at scale. And so I think if anyone uh, in the audience has had Taco Bell or Guzman, I think this is like the Mediterranean version of that, I think just a bit healthier. They've got about 263 restaurants, predominantly based in the US. They're doing about $564 million uh, in revenue. Uh, and, you know, not bad. They're doing about a 20% profit margin. So that's like pretty good um, given their uh, industry. Um, they do a few kind of products, but I think the main product is uh, either a bowl or a pita. And so you can either get like, you know, the different ingredients in a bowl, you know, chicken, falafel, et cetera, lamb, or you can get it in a pita. So that's wrapped in bread. Yeah, I find this kind of interesting because obviously listeners of the pod will know, uh, you know, we're focused on Asia tech. Uh, and here we are talking about pita bowls and, and pita bread. <laughs> <laughs> but I think this kind of goes to the, the point at the top, right, Albert, that if investors are getting keen for what is a pretty run-of-the-mill kind of, well, not run-of-the-mill, I should say, but, you know, a pretty traditional business model, uh, retail. Well, why wouldn't they be excited about some of the tech offerings that are out there? And we're going to mention some of the potential IPOs later this year or, or potentially next year. Is that kind of the sense, Albert, that the market is willing to jump on such a traditional business like Carver. So there must be potential in some of the other segments like EV, like in semiconductors and, and others that we've covered on the pod. Yeah, I think it's a good indication. Like it's not a particularly, I mean, it is a differentiated business, but it is obviously a highly competitive industry when you're talking about food, particularly like fast food or quick service. And, and while it is traditional, there's obviously some tech uh, that the business has, you know, around like, digital ordering and delivery, et cetera. So, but that's kind of table stakes for any uh, fast food restaurant now. But I think you're spot on, Dan, which is like people want to see, um, I guess, more interesting things to allocate capital to in public markets. But I think the other thing is like people want to make IPOs successful because it means that there'll be more IPOs. And I think right now companies are not afraid but cautious to IPO in this market and investors are cautious about what companies go to IPO in this market. So I think if they, if this company is going out to market, IPOing and IPOing successfully, it shows that this is a good business that kind of washes its face, despite it not being a particularly interesting business. Uh, I love that expression, a <laughs> business that washes its face. Albert, let's, let's have a look at, let's, let's navel gaze a little bit. What are some of the IPOs potentially coming up that would, that would interest you and are perhaps a little bit more in our wheelhouse? Look, I think there's some pretty interesting ones. The, the key ones that I think a lot of people are looking at are Stripe. So I think Stripe is, if anyone doesn't know it, it's the payments gateway that enables uh, e-commerce or online payments on the internet. Ginormous business, one of the most highly valued 
private companies in the world right now. I think a lot of people are licking their lips and waiting for Stripe to decide to go public. I think there's a few other ones like Instacart, which we've talked about before, which has kind of put its IPO uh, on ice for a bit. Uh, and then Epic Games, the company that runs Fortnite, the Unreal Engine, etc. Uh, that's another one that's been private for a very long time. Uh, and people are looking for that to IPO as well. Yeah, so this is uh, interesting to me. I think those are, are two good ones that you hit. Instacart, sort of potential IPO valuation, $10 billion, Stripe, $55 billion. When we compare that to Carver, for instance, I think uh, Albert were mentioning before about a $4 billion valuation. You can see that you know, the, the potential that these tech companies have is, is just so much greater. But let's think about what the drivers are for a decision to IPO. Is it that they're going to start needing cash to start sort of injecting and, and in this particular market, difficult to get cheap capital? Do we think that's going to be a drive for some, for some more activity? Yeah, I think for uh, you know a business like Carver, they've they've detailed nicely out you know what they would spend it on and, and how they would create value from this IPO. I think for a business like Stripe or for Instacart, where you've got long term investors who've invested very early, they're probably looking for liquidity and liquidity at mm. all costs. And so Great I think point. that's a pretty big driving force to get some of those companies to IPO at the right time at the right price. Yeah, I think that's a great point. Like I've always thought, that, you know, and we've talked about this. One of the reasons we started the pod is is to get people understanding a little bit more about investment activity and what's happening in these markets. And we've always talked it's so underrated, you know, how little retail investors know about like board machinations, investor machinations, and that's one of those things where it's just like you've got investors that have been in the company for ten years and they're just itching to get out, get their payday. Those sort of drivers are really, I think, under misunderstood at least publicly and can really, I think, um, push things in certain directions. Yeah, definitely, definitely. I think the other thing that's worth noting is like when you have a, a big IPO like this in market, I think there is like a top-down flow-on effect into the broader economy when you start to see more IPOs unlock and then people's uh, confidence in, in the economy and in business starting to grow back. And I think hopefully it leads to an overall net positive impact. But I mean, that's, I think that's still yet to be seen as to whether other companies are going to follow suit. All right, Albert, let's wrap. Any last thoughts? Um, now, because you talked about badminton, something I just saw on Twitter <laughs> earlier today is yeah. um, there's, a, there's a platform called Royalties, Royal mm -hmm. T-I-Z. Have you heard of the stand? No, let me know about it. No. Well, it is a platform. I'm not shilling it or anything. I just thought about it, but... Um, it's a platform where athletes can like IPO themselves and then you can buy a clip of their royalties. But because you're talking about badminton, I just saw that Nick Kyrgios is actually about to IPO on that. So it's a nice little tie-in. <laughs> I heard it here first. I like when we uh, break news, Albert. Nick Kyrgios IPO. Would I invest in that? <laughs> I'm going to need to do some due diligence, I think. <laughs> well, I, I, I quickly just typed into Twitter like IPO market unthawing to see if anyone was talking about like IPOs generally. And Nick Kyrgios is like, I'm IPOing. And again, this isn't financial advice. I just thought it was pretty weird. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Albert, let's finish up there. Thank you for listening to the East Meets West podcast, a podcast about understanding Asia tech and the most recent athlete IPOs. 
Thanks for listening. Subscribe, follow the pod if not already, and we'll catch you next week. See ya.